Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Friends, okay, so this is an exciting day. I was able to pull y'all on Instagram to find out what you guys are wondering, what your burning questions are regarding dating, and I wanted to really just give y'all the opportunity to ask me anything you wanted to, okay? Like anything you wanted to. And let me just say, y'all wrote in a lot of questions. So I'm not mad about it. I am very thankful for it. So thank you very much for participating. And it just proves the point even further that dating hashtag the struggle is real. And we all have a whole heck of a lot of questions that we are trying to get answered. So today, this episode is for us to discuss it all uh, or as much of it as we possibly can. The thing is that y'all like we can't get to everything. You sent a lot of questions in, but I'm going to do my best to cover as much as I possibly can. And as I reviewed each of your questions, and I did read all of them one by one, my heart truly just sank hearing some of your pains and frustrations because I know it can be so tough. I'm in the boat with you. I'm currently doing a lot of these same things and wondering a lot of the same questions. So I just want to know you, I am on your team. I am here fighting alongside with you. And I hope that this episode today will be helpful, even in a small capacity, because I don't know if I have that much to say we will see. But I also want to say this, like, even though there's so much pain and frustration, I'm also so hopeful because progress just starts with taking one step. We don't have to see 10 steps ahead. We just have to see one step ahead of us. And you today are listening to this podcast and you're listening to it most likely because you want to grow in the area of dating. You want to take that next step of learning new things and opening your mind and your perspective and navigating this journey a little better. It takes just one step for growth to start. So today is that step. Listening to this podcast is that step. And I just want to be so honest with y'all that I am so grateful and I am so hopeful. So let's dive into this episode today. Let's talk about all the things. And before we really dive into the questions, I just want to let you know that um, this is my first solo episode. So I have to ask if you will have some grace with me here because I don't know everything. Okay, guys, I don't know the answers to every single dating question. Dating is nuanced and it's murky and there are a lot of opinions out there. And a lot of the situations are very specific to individuals and that person history and the other person's history. So there's no way that I could blanket on an answer and answer every single thing perfectly. It's just not possible. So what I'm going to do today though, is I'm going to do my best to speak from my heart and share with you intentionally where I stand on these questions. My answers won't be perfect. No, they won't be perfect at all, but they will be from the heart. And they're going to also be grounded in as much resources and research as po- as I possibly can. But still, even with all of that, it doesn't mean that it's the end-all be-all. It doesn't mean that I know everything. It doesn't mean that all my answers are right. So if you don't agree with me on some of the things I say, that's okay too, that you are also allowed to have your own opinion. So take this with a grain of salt and use it to help guide you and pray through what I'm saying. Don't just take every single thing I say and like make it your way of living, okay? We, we really, you have to figure out your deep 
why and figure out what is also best for you, discerning and praying along that journey and seeking wise counsel as well from other people. So all that being said, that was my little spiel. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Now, I have to say, y'all sent so many questions in that in order to keep it all organized, I had to go through everything and actually categorize the questions into various categories because my OCD self could not keep it straight otherwise. I was like, there are too many questions here. And there were very clear themes rising. So I wanted to make sure that we were addressing all those different themes. So that's how it's kind of going to work. We're going to break it down into different categories and themes, and I'm going to answer some of the key questions under those different categories. The first question we're going to start with is the topic, or the first topic we're going to start with is the topic of DTRs. Uh, Y'all asked a lot of questions about DTRs, and I figured this is the first place and best place to start because it's at the beginning of dating, right? It's DTR, if you don't know what it is, it is define the relationship. So how do we have DTRs? Now, the first question I want to answer is from Jade. Jade asks, what is the difference between dating and calling each other boyfriend, girlfriend? This is a great question, Jade, and it happens to be really subjective as well. So this is what I'll say about it. I think that when you say someone is your boyfriend or your girlfriend, this establishes a level of true commitment. You're basically saying to that person, I like you enough to consider seeing if I actually want to possibly marry you one day, right? So you're really committing to them in some way, shape, or form. At least that's how I see it. Talking about just dating someone can be a little bit vague because if you're saying I'm dating them or I'm going on dates with them, this could mean that you're just going on a first date or a second date or you're just getting to know them still. Or it could also mean I'm dating someone as in I've been dating them for six months. So it's a little vague and a little bit subjective. So if someone says I am dating someone or if you want to say I'm dating someone, if someone asks you more, if you want to ask that person more, I would just say know how to define it further. Are you dating them as in you are just still getting to know them? Are you in the get to know one another phase and you're seeing if you want to take it to the next level? Are you dating them and you are exclusive to them, meaning that you're only seeing seeing that person? Or are you dating them and seeing, and they are your boyfriend or girlfriend, like you are truly committed to seeing if you want to possibly marry that person one day? Dating is pretty much an indicating of what you are doing, right? So dating is the action, but you want, if you want to be more intentional with what it actually means, you have to kind of define it a little bit further and give a little more texture and a little more context to what is actually going on. Now, another person, Aaron, asked the question, is dating exclusively the same thing as being boyfriend or girlfriend? So this kind of is in tandem to the question I just answered, but in my opinion, it can be a little bit different depending on how you define it. So exclusive, the word exclusive literally means the exclusion of others. It means only, it means solely. So basically, if you take that in the context of dating, it means that you are not dating anyone else. If you are exclusive with that person, you stop going on all your other Bumble dates or whatever app you're on. You stop going out with other people. You are exclusively seeing that person because you intentionally want to only spend time with that person. For me, the way I date is that exclusivity is the layer that comes in between just going out on dates being exclusive, and then becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. So for me, someone who is more active in my dating life, I might go out with one person, and then I might also go on a first date with someone else a week later, and I am totally okay with that. That would mean I am not exclusive with either one of those people, right? And it means I am just practicing the act of dating. 
But if the one person I'm dating, it's going very well, I'm start wanting to transition into my quote unquote stage two of dating, which is the more, the more defining the relationship, figuring out really what I am with that person. I might then say, Hey, you know, I really have enjoyed getting to know you and I really want to intentionally get to know only you. So I kind of want to be exclusive with only you. What do you think about that? And then you start a conversation and then you establish if you're exclusive or not. From there, I'm usually exclusive for a little bit of time before I then decide I want to be boyfriend-girlfriend. Boyfriend-girlfriend for me is very serious. Also, you know, I do this for a living, you guys. I run this dating podcast. I have social media presence. So for me to say someone is my boyfriend or, you know, is a pretty big deal for me. For some people saying that the person is exclusive and saying that person is their boyfriend-girlfriend is pretty much the same thing. So you really have to just see where what your level of comfort is with it. Do you want it to be different phases? Do you want it to be, I'm just going out on dates, I'm exclusive, and then I'm boyfriend-girlfriend? Or do you want exclusive and boyfriend-girlfriend to like be one and the same? Essentially, you know, if you are boyfriend and girlfriend with someone, you are exclusive with them. At least I hope so. <laughs> like that would be really strange. And if you're not, then I would go get some help on that because that probably ain't good. Uh, so that is my answer to those questions, all right? Uh, and to really kind of give you guys more context, and I just referenced it, but I did an episode earlier last year with my friend Matt Jones, and we talked about the stages of dating. So I will briefly give you my overview of the stages of dating so that you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. Stage one dating is kind of the get to know one another phase. So this is where you're really just trying to figure out who the person is. You're trying to enjoy that person for who God created them to be. You aren't trying to size them up for marriage just yet. You're really just getting to know the other person and enjoying them as an awesome, stellar human being. And you're learning about yourself in the process. And you know, you're probably making some awesome, fun memories. Now, when you get into stage two, this is what I call the DTR phase, or this is where you establish some level of exclusivity. This is where you say, you know, I like this person enough to be dating only them, aka just being exclusive, or I want to just dump it, jump into being boyfriend, girlfriend. So this is what would happen in pretty much the DTR phase when you have gone out on a couple dates, usually at least three dates, and then you kind of can have this DTR. Um, it, I say three, sometimes it's more for people. I usually give every person at least three dates as a shot, unless there are some very significant red flags popping up in the process. Okay, so that's stage two dating. Stage three dating is the commitment phase. So friends, this is where you are in it to win it. You are an established couple. You've been dating for a decent amount of time. You're probably deep into the process of discerning if you want to marry that person. That's where this is really going to happen. You're most likely, of course, like meeting that person's family and doing all those things, kind of preparing for the final stage, which is potentially engagement. So those are the different three stages of dating that I roughly define in my whole process of just giving us a better guideline and framework for what dating is. Let me caveat it with this, friends. Whatever you do in this process, whatever you decide, you need to be clear, honest, and intentional. So if you ask someone to be exclusive, explain what that means to you. I'm less concerned, you know, if how you personally define it yourself. And I'm just more concerned that both you and the person you are seeing are on the same page about where you are in this dating situation. So that is what matters most. Make sure that you are on the same with the same page with the person. Make sure you're being clear, honest, and intentional. I cannot emphasize that enough. All right. So the next question, another listener, Lauren, sent in the question, how do you make it official? 
I love this question because it totally means that we have to talk about how do you have a true DTR. So let's talk about it. Now, what's funny is in the past, I've done polls on Heart of Dating, and I've personally had countless of conversations with people outside of that. And it's it's come to the, I have come to the conclusion or the jury is out, if you will, that y'all are incredibly terrified of DTRs. You, truly, you couldn't be more afraid of actually having these conversations, these real honest and raw conversations. But I just got to say this, you don't have to be so afraid of it or you shouldn't be so afraid of it. So a DTR, like I said, is define the relationship, but we don't have to put so much pressure on it. Like you have to decide then and there if that person is your boyfriend or girlfriend. No, we don't have to do that. It's really just having a heart check with yourself and the other person. So it's like a quick check-in to just feel the temperature, get in on the same page. You really just want to have DTRs to reduce ambiguity and spread as much clarity as possible. You do not want to be sitting home late at night, checking your phone every five minutes, wondering if that person is going to text you back and thinking like, oh my gosh, well, I sent my message to them four hours ago and they still haven't responded. I wonder if they don't like me anymore. Have they lost interest? Blah, 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 blah. Going down into these black holes of an abyss, which trust me, I know y'all do and it's okay. I've done it too, but we don't want to do that. We want to have as much clarity as possible. So having heart checks and check-ins with the people just to ask the other person like, hey, this is where I'm at. I really like you. I have really enjoyed getting to know you. I'd like to continue to do so. Where are you at with it? What What's going on with you? Y'all, that doesn't have to be super scary. It doesn't. And if the person is like, you know what? You're great, but I'm not actually that interested in you romantically. Voila. That is brilliant. You no longer have to waste your time. You no longer have to sit there wondering if they're going to text you back. It doesn't have to say that you're not worthy of someone. It doesn't have to eat away at your self-worth. We don't have to let the rejection sting us that it destroys us. It can just mean like, well, great. Okay. I'm glad I know that now. And now I don't have to waste any more emotional energy on this. And I'm one step closer to finding someone else. So Heart, so DTRs, having heart checks are just so essential, friends. Um, and we just, we don't have to put so much pressure on them. Now, I want to talk also about timing because timing can be very crucial. And my biggest thing about timing is, you know, act in wisdom. So if you are having a very emotional days, lady, it, ladies, if you are on that time of the month, it is probably not the best idea if you're feeling really emotional that day to bring it up, okay? Don't bring it up when you are feeling really emotional or you're just looking for someone to affirm and validate you um, because sometimes you're going to be solely dis- sorely disappointed, especially if you catch that person off guard and if they're not prepared for the conversation. So make sure you just check in with yourself if your emotions, that you're not being reactionary or overly emotional with it. Um, And also if they've had a bad day or if they've had a really stressful day, pay attention to that too. Uh, Our emotions and feelings can change so many times throughout the day. So I'm not saying to not pay attention to it. I'm just saying make sure it's like truly, truly how you're feeling in that moment. And then the other flip side of it is don't put it off either. Yeah, there are better times to say things than others, but the worst thing you can do is continue forward in a relationship or dating someone without ever saying anything to them, without being honest about where you're at, without being honest with some of your concerns or anxieties. So you definitely don't want to do that because it will build up even more anxiety and more concern. It might also build up resentment. So there is definitely a healthy balance of checking in with yourself and authentically feeling like, is this truly how I'm feeling right now? 
Yes, it is. I'm feeling in a good, confident place. I'm going to share this with this person and have a heart check. So having DTRs, do it, be clear, honest, and intentional, but also act in wisdom with the timing. All right. Another person asked a question. Where am I here? Okay, you guys. See, we're doing this totally candid. Okay, here's the next question. How do you tell a friend you have feelings for them beyond friendship without it ruining things? Yes. So what I'll say to this is it's the exact same formula. The three top ingredients are being confident, showcasing true honesty, and being extremely clear. Sometimes we also think we're being honest, but we're not actually really being clear. We're not, we're we're being honest, but we're like kind of cloaking it with different words instead of being clear with what we really feel. So if you kind of are like trying to show the person you like them, but you're not actually saying, hey, I really like you and I'm interested in, in getting to know you more, then that person may not take it. You know, you may think in your mind it's perfectly clear, but without saying the words and without making it explicit, that person may not be picking up what you're putting down, okay? So I would just say that it requires the same formula if you're telling someone who you're friends with that you like them more than a friend. Now, Brené Brown, love this girl, right? She says this. She says that vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they are never weakness. Y'all, I love that because it is better to be your true authentic self. It is better to be honest about your feelings. It is better to put yourself out there. Um, It is not going to be weakness if it doesn't go your way. You are being brave. You are acting in courage and you should be so proud of yourself if you do that. Now, I hear a lot of people saying, and I can kind of hear just even through the mic right now, your questions, well, what if I do step out in bravery and courage and they tell me that they don't feel the same way? I hear you on this and I understand that in the moment that might sting and might make you feel a little bit rejected, but also on the flip side, what if they do say that they like you? Or what if you opened up their mind to seeing you in a new way that they maybe didn't see you in before? That is a better possibility, right? That's an amazing option that you might not have if you say nothing to them. On the flip side, if they say that they don't want anything with you and they're not interested in you that way, well, A, first of all, you've planted the seed and maybe that will form over time. You never know. But B, if it's truly at the end of the day, just not what they want, that's okay. We have to like really put ourselves to be able to battle rejection better. So make sure you're going into it speaking affirmations on yourself before you have this conversation. So know that you are no less worthy if the person is not interested in you. No, you, God has an incredible plan for your life. And I love saying this, but every no is one step closer to your future and forever yes. So just remember that every no is one step closer to your forever yes. I really believe that. So rejection does not have to take us down. It can prick us, but it doesn't have to destroy us. And it also doesn't have to destroy the friendship you already have. You can still move forward being friends with that person. It is only awkward if you are awkward. And if they're trying to be awkward, you could stop it. You call it out. You're like, hey, yeah, I know I express feelings for you, but I I truly just want to be friends with you. And I'm going to move on from that. And that's great. But this doesn't have to be awkward. Like, call it out. If people are trying to be awkward, if you're trying to be awkward, call yourself out. Have friends call you out. It's only awkward if you're awkward. 
Friends, I just, I think that sometimes we avoid DTRs. We avoid telling people, especially in the church, because we're afraid that it will ruin our friendship. And I really just don't think it has to be that way. So I hope that you guys feel more confident to actually check in with people more, to be really honest about where you're at, and to kind of take risks and be brave and courageous in the process. I promise it will pay off. Okay, so now I want to move on to the topic of initiating. So we actually got the most questions about this topic. Seriously, we got so many questions. So I'm just going to start from the top because clearly it's obvious that there are a lot of thoughts when it comes to initiating. Uh, At the end of the day, there is a very clear consensus, especially among the women who are asking, how and where can I meet a quality man? And someone else even asked, how can I meet a quality man when my church is lacking in single guys? (laughs) That one made me chuckle because that is funny because I have thought that before. Let me tell you, so you are not alone. I found myself at church on a Sunday raising my left hand in the air, making sure that my ring finger, my bare ring finger is very available to be seen by every single man in the church. Now, I know that is sound to admit, but Beyonce, all my single ladies, where you at, right? Like sometimes there are desperate times called for desperate measures. But ladies, especially ladies, but men for you too, there are places that you can meet quality people. And for men, there are places you can meet quality women. So I want to give you a three-part answer to this question. But before I do that, I kind of want to take from my good old friend, or at least I wish he was my good old friend, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. So I'm going to start this with kind of a story. So a few years ago, I was recommended Dr. Henry Cloud's book called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping, which friends, I highly recommend. It changed my life. It's a really easy dating challenge book. But I remember reading it and I could literally feel my mouth opening as I read the lines because I was like, I am the girl in this book. And Dr. Cloud is talking directly to me. So he makes an amazing reference that I've really never forgotten to this day. And I've brought it up quite a few times, even on the podcast. So he was talking to a girl who was frustrated with dating. She said that she just stopped dating because she felt that God would bring her the right one. She also said that there are no good guys left in the church. So I'm just going to give up and wait. She said, she was just going to wait for God to bring her the man. Now, Dr. Cloud heard her say that and said, well, my friend, unless you're going to end up marrying the FedEx guy, God is not going to deliver your perfect dream man to your doorstep wrapped in a silver bow. It just does not work like that. Dr. Cloud said there are probably amazing and plenty of amazing men out there, but that maybe your giant list is holding you back. So I heard this word, I heard these words, friends, and I could completely relate to it. I was like, yeah, I thought the same thing a lot. I thought, well, there's just no good guys out there and none of the guys ask girls out and they are just mm, poo-poo on them. I was so frustrated by it that I also took this perspective of like, I'm just going to wait. But I also was like, maybe Dr. Cloud is onto something. I need to be more open-minded. I maybe need to see dating as a means to meet really different and amazing people for myself. And maybe people I wouldn't have qualified as someone I would date before, maybe I should start considering them and being open-minded to it. So y'all, I decided to test this theory. I really wanted to get rid of this whole idea of quote unquote type, which if we're being real with ourselves, having a type is usually based on physical qualities instead of actual true heart and character qualities. So instead of doing that, I wanted to actually focus on the character of people. I wanted to focus on those things that actually mattered more than just somebody being my quote unquote type. So the first answer to this question on how to meet quality people is 
Test the quality of the qualifications on your list. Are you actually being asked out by people and saying no frequently because that person doesn't feel like your type or they don't seem like your type? If that's the case, then I would test the quality of your qualifications. What is actually on your list? Are they truly a man or woman of God? Are they objectively an attractive person? Do they exemplify some sort of servitude and kindness and gentleness in their life? If yes, I would say yes. Are and then also start thinking to yourself, are are maybe there's some good looking or really amazing servant-hearted people, men and women at your church that maybe you're not looking twice at because you don't think that they're attractive enough or funny enough or insert whatever word here, you know, enough. Truly look, start looking at your church. Are there people that you've been friends with that you've never considered, but at the end of the day, they're actually really amazing human beings. Start getting real with yourself. Maybe you need to open your mind. Maybe you need to test the quality of your qualifications. The second part of this question is that if you are not getting asked out, here's what I want to say, okay? If you really feel like you're just that you're not being asked out and you try to put yourself out there, you try to be open-minded, but you're not being asked out, well, I got to say this. Are you giving off a vibe that you actually are available to date? Think about what your body language is looking like. When someone approaches you or talks to you, are you actually showing them that you're available by looking at them with your arms? Are they open? Are you leaning towards them? Like what kind of eye contact are you giving? Um, Are you when they, when they, you know, this is what I do a lot. Okay. A crush of mine walks up at church and I see them approaching and immediately I get terrified and start looking for the next closest person around me to talk to. Then that guy who is cute and I really want to talk to walks up and I barely make eye contact. And in my mind, I'm thinking, just talk to me, please talk to me, please talk to me. But how is he ever going to talk to me if I'm not making eye contact with him, if I'm not actually being open to the conversation? So I feel like we do this far too much, ladies. You know what I'm saying, guys, probably you too. So we have to actually show people that we are available and that we are possibly interested in them. So that is the second part about it. Think about what you that what kind of body language you're giving up or giving off. Are you actually showing that you are available to date? And then also, if you are alone every Friday night watching Netflix, or if you never meet new people at your church, or if you never actually step out of your comfort zone and go to events with different people, such as like, you know, a friend of yours invites you to a birthday party where you only are going to know that friend of yours and nobody else. Y'all, that is a perfect opportunity to go and meet new people. But if you're always saying no to those opportunities, if you're always staying in, if you're not meeting new people at church, you probably won't get asked out. You probably won't. Unless it's on a dating app, you probably won't. That is just the reality of it. So be open and put yourself out there more. Now, the last part about this that I want to address is that even if you start meeting more people, you can't tell me that there are no good quality people. Trust me, there are people. But here are my thoughts. You have to be present everywhere you are. You can meet a lot of people a lot of places. How many times are you out and about, like maybe even at the grocery store or at a coffee shop, and you're not even looking at what you're doing or paying attention to anybody around you? 
Maybe you're guilty of something I always do, which is being on my phone, okay? It might mean that you're at the grocery store physically, but in your mind, you are somewhere totally different and you're just going through the motions. This happens to us so often. So I want to encourage you, pay attention to where you actually are. Start actually making conversation with people that you don't know at the places that you often frequent, such as the gym and the coffee shop or the laundromat or the grocery store, like wherever it is, start being more present at church as well. Great place at church to meet new people. Go and, you know, like go as much as possible, be aware as much as possible, wherever you go, take your phone, the phone out of the picture because it can be so distracting for us to just always have the phone. Also something that's great is go to a restaurant alone and read a book and you know, someone might approach you doing that. It's okay to take yourself on a date and allow yourself to be put out vulnerably that way. You can also have a great time. It's a challenging yourself to actually be okay with just yourself too. I've had to do this in recent years, go to the movies by myself, go to dinner alone. And it's amazing. Honestly, it's helped me to realize that I actually like myself. I like spending time with myself. Even though I am definitely an extrovert, uh, I also need that time. I need to force myself of time, of introversion, of time, of self and alone time. And being okay with just being alone and being with me is actually a really beautiful and freeing and empowering thing. All right, lastly, I'll say this. Go to all of your church functions. I mean, even ask some of your friends from other churches if you can go to their church functions. I don't think this is bad. I honestly don't. It's you are just trying to meet more people in the body and it's all the body of Christ, y'all. So go to all of your church functions. Go to other people's churches functions. There are plenty of ways to meet new people. All right, now I want to go to the next question from Heather who asks, what is a practical way for a girl to initiate romantic interest in a guy? And then also in tandem with that, Megan asked a question, is it wrong for the girl to make interest known to a guy? Is that too forward? Ladies, these are such solid questions and they're also questions that I hear all of the time, especially from the women listeners. Now, there are some varying takes on this, but overall, this is where I stand. Ladies, yes. You can show interest. You can also make a move. I don't believe it's too much. I don't believe it's going to be overly overwhelming. I don't believe it's going against biblical principles. I really don't. So let me give you a quick example of why I think this is so important. If you've been friends with someone at church for a really long time and they have no idea that your interest in them has shifted, if like you've been friends and suddenly after six months you're like, actually, I kind of am starting to like this person, but they have no idea, how in the world are they going to know? They can't read your mind. How are you going to know unless you show them in some capacity, right? Guys are not mind readers. They might assume you just desire friendship per usual. And this can actually end up being so frustrating for you because you're going to be sitting there waiting for the guy to suddenly realize magically that you are interested and you're going to get frustrated in the process because you're going to be like, okay, another month has gone by. He still doesn't realize it yet. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, So this is not the situation you want to find yourself in. You don't want to be twiddling your thumbs and being so frustrated because you're interested in people that have no idea that they're, that you're interested. So you got to take some initiative. You got to show at least some initial interest. I'm not saying go so far as to like pursue the man fully, but show in some way that you are interested. And by doing this, you're going to drop the hanky. 
drop the hanky, ladies. So guys, you can do this too, but dropping the hanky is an old Victorian term. You know, a woman didn't have a lot of power in those times, so she kind of uses as a means, like let's say she was at a party and she sees a really handsome man. She doesn't have a lot of say in who she's going to marry. So this is her way of taking a stand. This is her way of taking control and having some say in what's going to happen in her future. So she would see a really amazing, good-looking man and across the room, she would drop her hanky and he would come on over and pick up her handkerchief and be like, oh, miss, you dropped this. And they would start a conversation and she would potentially end up marrying him and then become the duchess of blah, 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 right? So this was a way for women to at least show a level of interest. We can do that. It is totally appropriate for us to do that. So let me talk to you about how you can drop the hanky. Now, if you want more details on this, go listen to the episode I did. I believe it was episode 31 with Alessandra Conti from Matchmakers in the City. We talk about how to meet men and date like a lady boss. And it was such a great episode. We talk all about drop the hanky. There's so much more in that episode. So I definitely encourage you guys to go and listen. Um, Go back and listen to that episode. But right now I'll give you just a few ways you can drop the hanky. So number one, Make contact with a man in an indirect way. Ask them a question that has nothing to do about them. So let's say you're in standing in line for a coffee at a coffee shop and you see something on the menu you're not sure about what it is. Say to that person, oh, what is a flat white? I've never heard of that before. Something totally unrelated but about a common interest. You guys are both getting coffee and it's a great icebreaker way to just get them to look at you and to know notice your presence, right? So that's the first thing, ask an indirect sort of question. Then you follow it up with a follow-up. Do not wait for them to ask you a follow-up. You initiate with a follow-up question by saying something along the lines of, do you live around here? Or um, do you come to this coffee shop often? Something like that. You know, So you make it a little more about them and you spur the conversation. This takes some practice to do, so I just want to say drop the hanky a lot and start practicing it and just meet new people and notice how it goes. It'll make you feel confident when it starts going well, when you start meeting new people, and you don't always have to do it with the hottest guy in the room or the hottest woman in the room. Just even do it with people that just look like nice human beings and start practicing it. Before you drop the hanky, though, men and women, I want to say this, be prepared for rejection. As I said before, you go up and just share your DTR heart with them. Um, We were talking about the previous subject. Make sure you're prepared for any rejection. So be confident who you are. Set yourself up and your mind up for protection from rejection. Even if the man or woman is not interested or they don't take the conversation any further, it doesn't mean you're any less lovable or less interesting. So you got to know these things before you initiate in any way. I just want to caveat that because, again, I just really feel like we can get lost in rejection, and I want you guys to feel protected from rejection. All right, so that's kind of the topic of initiating. Now, you guys had a variety of other topics um, and questions under that, but I tried to pick the top questions that came up over and over again, and I hope you feel that that covered it. So thank you guys for the questions that you sent in on that topic. Friends, okay, exciting news. So through all of my podcast conversations, meeting with pastors, speakers, and authors, the reading of every relationship book under the sun, coupled with my own 15 years of dating experience, I have realized that I am bursting at the seams with knowledge and insight. So I took everything I learned throughout my 15 years of dating experience, and I created something amazing, and I'm excited to be introducing it to you today via the Date Great course. The Date Great course is a time for you to dive into transforming your dating life. 
I will equip you over a five-week time span with the knowledge, tools, and insight you need to love your dating life again and find a healthy, lasting Christian relationship. In module one, we're going to talk about how singleness is not a disease. We'll discuss how we can steward this time well to cultivate holy ambition and develop disciplines that will set us up for marriage. In module two, we'll talk about what is dating anyway, and we'll go over an awareness of your real intentions and ambitions in dating. I will also give you a framework for the various stages of dating, how to navigate each one, and how to initiate different kinds of conversations. In module three, we'll talk about dating essentials. We'll talk about how to know you're dateable, what qualities do you need to have, and then what kind of qualities do you really need to look for in someone else? What kind of a list should you have? Lastly, in module four, we're going to talk about how do you know that you know as we walk through the discernment process and truly determining if you want to spend your life with someone. We will also discuss breakups and how to handle them on either side. There will also be bonus content, including the ultimate dating essentials checklist, the top secrets to initiating, the love thyself guide, and the ultimate breakup Bible study and prayer guide. I am giving Heart of Dating listeners the chance to get on a special list to have first access to this course. You can visit heartofdating.com slash date great to reserve your spot today. I have so much hope and excitement for all of you. I really don't want you to have to go through all the pain, destruction, and frustration I went through. You are ready for freedom and breakthrough and an amazing relationship. So visit heartofdating.com slash date great. Now we're going to go into the next section, which is about first day. Hey, yo, that's right. Now, Lucy asked a question. She said, what are some top tips you'd give someone before going on a first date? I love that question because we want to be prepared for our first dates. We don't just want to go in blindly. My number one very epic, like, well, I don't know if it's epic, but my number one piece of advice before a first date is remember to be unashamedly you. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to just do things to impress people that are totally out of your nature or character. Be confident in who you are. Remember that you are unique. Remember that you are beautiful. Remember that you are worthy of God's best. Or for the men, you are handsome. I'm sorry. I should have said, you know, not just beautiful, but handsome. But overall, y'all are worthy of God's very best. So be unashamedly you in a first date. Also, take the pressure off, okay? Remind yourself that you are just a human being looking to know, learn, and appreciate another human being that God has intricately and wonderfully created. Even if you take one new amazing thing away from your conversation, or even if you just learn one more amazing thing about yourself, it can be seen as a win. The first date can be seen as a success. So make sure you go into it with those realistic expectations. You're not looking for a husband or a wife on a first date. You are looking to appreciate another person and learn something and have a little bit of fun, okay? So open and expand your perspectives and change your view of dating, especially the beginning of dating. Now, in terms of first date guidelines, I do have a few of those, so I'm going to give a few of them to you right now. My very first first date guideline is to make sure you have a plan, preferably plan it in advance. Don't just wing it the day of. Plan it and be intentional about it because intentionality is attractive. So for the men listening, be intentional. This is attractive. Don't text, don't ask the person out and then text them a few hours before the date. Hey, do you want to meet here? That is not very attractive. I know you might be busy, but you ask someone out, so make it a priority in your calendar that week. Set alarms on your calendar. If you're not a great planner, don't give me the excuse that I'm just not a great planner. It just requires intentionality. This whole, like, I'm not a great planner thing, by the way, side note, like, well, 
if you started a new job and you tell your boss, well, I'm just not good at being on time, so I'm probably never going to be on time. Do you think that's going to fly with them? It's not. It's not going to fly. They're going to still want you to be on time. You have to learn the disciplines of actually showing up on time like and being true person of your commitment. So it's the same thing with planning. So don't tell me that I'm just not a good planner um, and then never plan anything. It might not become as easy to you as it does to other people, but you can form it as a discipline and you can learn and grow in it. So I'm just saying that, okay? Now, ladies, if you initiate with the men, just be prepared to be the one to actually plan the date if you initiate first. So that's just a caveat there I like to throw out. Now, my second biggest date, first date guideline is no kissing. I'm serious on this one, y'all, and I know it's hard, and I know y'all are like, why, Kate, why? But trust me, don't kiss on the first date. Don't let physical intimacy cloud your mind on a first date. So no kissing, period, dot, end of sentence. Do the awkward Christian side hug thing. Do whatever you need to do. Just don't kiss at least on the first date. I wouldn't even do it until you get to the stage two of dating, honestly, but at least not on the first date. No kissing. No boy, no. I'm going to, mm-mm, okay? Now, if if you really want to be clear with the person and you're afraid that they're going to kiss you and it's going to be awkward, tell them at the beginning, hey, I just want you to know, you know, to set expectations, I don't kiss people my first few dates with them and it's nothing about you or it's not to say I don't like the date with you. It's just how I protect discernment on my end. Y'all, that is respectful, okay? So, I want to empower you to not kiss on a first date. You don't need to know if they're a good kisser on the first date. Also, like some people aren't that great of kissers on the first date. Sometimes you're not a good kisser on the first date. Why add that pressure and then have it potentially make you think that that date didn't go well because you have a bad first kiss? No, just no. We're we're no first date kisses. All right, my third guideline is try for no alcohol. Really, because people can get sloppy and you don't want to see someone's funnier, more outgoing version of themselves and like that version of them, you want to really like them for who they are. And without alcohol, you're really going to be able to see who they truly are. Not a louder, funnier, sloppier, whatever your version of them. You want to see who they really are. And also another, ca- another, I mean, plus of this is it's cheaper. So I'd recommend trying for no alcohol. Uh, or if you really, really, really want alcohol, one glass, okay? One glass, All right, the fourth guideline is keep it under 90 minutes. This is a really good range of time. It allows you to keep the mystery in check and allow there for it to be intrigue on for the second date. So it's a much needed boundary and you can set it. You can set it at the beginning of the date by telling them you have a hard stop of X time. It is totally appropriate. Uh, it is not offensive as long as you communicate it to them in advance and express to them how grateful you are for this time with them and that you're excited about spending this intentional time with them. So boundaries are great. Don't have a five to six hour first date. No, 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 no. Another thing is ask about three to four key questions, but also have fun. Don't make this be an interview process. This is not an interview process. You're really just trying to get to know another person's world. Remind yourself of that. I'm just trying to get to know another person's world. I'm trying to appreciate them for the way God created them to be. Okay, so those are kind of my first date guidelines. And so that's for you, Lucy. Thank you so much for asking that question. A lot of people actually asked about that too. So I really appreciate that question. Now, another question that we got asked in the whole first date kind of thing uh, is Jordan said this, and this made me laugh. Jordan said, is dating supposed to be fun? Christian dating has felt like a a constructing, boring checklist process. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my word, Jordan, I hear you. And I'm sure so many people listening right now are letting out a huge sigh of relief saying, yes, and amen. It Can it please be fun? So my answer to this is yes and no. Dating is fun if you have the perspective that growing is also fun. Because at the end of the day, friends, dating is very growing. When you have to learn how to communicate with someone different from yourself, that is growing. When you have to endure and navigate different conflict scenarios, that is also very growing. When you have to deal with a breakup, oh man, that is so growing. So we have to kind of know that it's not always just sunshine and roses and butterflies. It's going to be growing. But ultimately, dating is a gift because growth is a gift. Truly, it is. And let me just take this biblically, you guys, that if you don't like growth and you don't like what I'm saying right now, we can... This is all rooted in scriptural um, basis right here and foundation because Proverbs talks about how wisdom is extremely important, that wisdom is the most vital thing that we could possibly seek out. And in Proverbs 16, 16, it says, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen, chosen rather than silver. So wisdom is better than gold. It is a prized possession. So know that in the dating process, uh, we need to have the perspective that it's going to be very growing and sometimes hard. But conversely, so now that I've gotten that out of the way, out of the, I have to be realistic here, okay? It's not just sunshine and uh, butterflies and fairy tales. But at the same time, it shouldn't just be about the heavy stuff either. You need to also be going on fun dates and making incredible memories. Don't just have all the hard, impossible conversations, especially not just all in the beginning. Gosh, like spice it up and make it exciting. Flirt a little bit. It's okay to flirt. You guys, the Christians, we get so stuffy, but it's okay to flirt. You're allowed to flirt. Um, and we, again, I we did an episode a while back with my friend Matt Jones, and we just talked about how to spice it up, different awesome date ideas. It was so good. We laughed a ton about it, but how Christians, we just don't like to have fun on our dates anymore. We want to take it so seriously. So there is a balance of sharing things, being vulnerable, having hard conversations, growing and being challenged, and also having a bunch of fun. You want to have fun. You want to create memories. You want that person at the end of the day to be your best friend. So make sure if you're not having fun, make sure you are having fun. Create environments for fun. Um, if you are going on a lot of coffee dates, spice it up. Do something different. Go um, – go on a hike with somebody and have cool conversations, go to the best dessert places in town, do different things. Um, and actually on that note, someone else actually asked, what are some fun date ideas? So let me throw out a few right now. Instead of just going to coffee, what about if you guys go on a coffee walk, right? So don't just go to coffee, grab coffee at the favorite best place in town and explore around the, your little downtown area of your town or just little cute areas of your town. Make it more exciting. Go into little stores. Uh, be goofy and funny and find cards that are kind of weird and ridiculous and, you know, just like be have laughter and experience fun and interesting things together. Uh, Another thing you could do is be tourists in your own city. How many people live, you live in your own town and you know nothing about your town or the closest city that you live to. Do the strange things that no one ever does when they live in their city, but that other people come to your city to do. That could be a fun date idea, especially if that person is from there. Uh, another idea is, I just love the, these ideas in general, is themed date ideas, like themed date nights. So basically, 
like a Frenchie themed date night. I had a guy once that did plan a Frenchie themed date night for me. Um, on our first date, he had a French playlist playing. Um, and he took me to a French restaurant and I kind of dressed up in more of a Frenchie type of outfit and everything about it was Frenchie. And he surprised me with speaking French. I'm always like, oh my word, just seriously swoon, 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 swoon. But these nights are really fun make it different. Maybe you have a 90s theme night where you watch the Fresh Prince and you listen to in sync. Okay. Am I right? Come on. Uh, these things are fun. Make it fun and different and come up with different ideas or find areas of common interest between you guys and make sure to just spice it up. All right. Now I want to move on to another category because I, I could talk about the fun date ideas for a long time, but this next category, which is a harder category is about breakups. And this one is really tough, you guys. Um, and I have such a heart for anyone who has gone through a breakup, either being the breakupper or being the breakup E, because let me just say, it's not easy on either side. Everyone thinks it's actually so much easier for the breakupper, but honestly, it's still almost just as hard for the breakupper because the breakupper has to like go through the anxiety of figuring out what they're going to say. And they have to deal with the consequences of potentially, um, second-guessing their decision after the breakup, right? Um, so sometimes that can be really, really, really hard as well. So Dan asked the question, how do you handle on and off again relationships where you both love each other but aren't ready for a serious relationship? Gosh, Dan, that's a really good question. So how do you handle on and off relationships but you aren't ready for a serious so, this does happen a lot and I see it with a lot of people who are friends in the church and you might kind of date, but then you're like, oh, but I'm not really to, ready to date. But I want to just ask you this question right now or to anyone who has dealt with this, but do you ultimately and truly trust God with the outcome of the situation? Truly. I mean, think about it. Do you truly trust God with the outcome? Because if you do, then I would say that is where you need to stop being so up and down and ambiguous. You need to pick a lane. You're either going to try and do this or you're going to be intentionally single and make very firm boundaries with that person. So if you're constantly in on-again, off-again relationships, this is what I want to say. And if you're finding yourself that the person that you're talking to is kind of flaking with you and they like, like you and then they don't like you, hot and cold think about this right now. Do you only want to be with someone? Do you want to know that you are only with someone because you are waving your hands constantly in front of their face, reminding them of how amazing you are? Do you want to feel like you are on audition to be that person's husband or wife? Really, truly, do you think about those things? Or do you want someone whose heart is truly ignited for you? I really and truly think that you want someone whose heart is truly ignited for you that will choose you through the good, bad, and the ugly, okay? So you have to be able to surrender the relationship to him. If you are an on-again, off-again, if you're constantly finding yourself saying, I don't know, then you need to surrender that relationship. You have to surrender it and know that you are deserving of your heart being ignited for someone and someone's heart also being ignited for you. So maybe if you're finding yourself in the situation, it could be time to take a break and set some clear, very clear boundaries for distance with that person. 
when our minds are really jumbled, when we are, you know, such as being really close intimately, emotionally with someone, we get really jumbled by lots of thoughts and distractions. We can't truly see clearly. It's kind of like being in a room full of fog and pretending that we can read what the writing on the wall says when really it's just all foggy and blurry because all we can see in front of us is the fog. We have to be able to clear through the fog so that we can remember and really get to what is on our hearts truly as it relates to that relationship, what is truly the writing on the wall with that relationship. And sometimes we've gotten so lost in our relationships and so confused that or become so reliant on it that sometimes we really need to surrender it. At the end of the day, you want your heart to be ignited for someone and you want someone else's heart to truly be ignited for you. So there are ways in which possibly you aren't abiding quite as much as you should be with God. Maybe you aren't quite um, prioritizing mentorship or seeking wisdom from other people. Maybe there's been a lot of fog buildup and you just need to clear through the fog. So my recommendation is take a break, come back to God and spend time delighting and dwelling and pressing into him and just actively work on clearing out that fog. Now, I just... I'm honestly going to tell you that I've had to do this many times and it's hard. It's hard to say like, yes, I'm going to release this relationship or this thing that I have like or liked because that person is my friend or I feel really comfortable with them or maybe I feel in love with them. But friends, if you are feeling in a place of like, I'm not sure or I don't have peace, you got to take a break. You got to seek that clarity. You got to clear the fog. And it, for me, has been so pivotal and so helpful because in these times, I always come back to understanding God's love more deeply and more truly. And I always come back to knowing just more about myself and having more clarity on the relationship, at least some more peace. Now, let me tell you, nothing bad comes of spending a little more time away from a situation. But what I will say is that bad things do come when you rush them. And when it comes to marriage, when it comes to making really big life-changing decisions, you do not want that decision to be rushed. You want to make sure that you don't have fog in your mind when you are choosing to say yes to someone that you're hopefully going to spend your life with. So, Make sure that you you really clear away that fog and you set boundaries to get away from it and seek that clarity with God. All right. Now, another listener asked a question on this topic. Her name is Sarah. So thank you, Sarah. Sarah asked, how do you keep hope alive when there's been a lot of rejection and a lot of discouragement? Ah, now this one, gosh, it touches my heart in such a tender place, truly. And thank you, Sarah, for sending in this question because I hear you. I hear you so much. It's so difficult. Um, rejection is so, so, can be so painful. And I know this to be true um, because I've gone through it time and time and time again. Um, and the problem with rejection is that it comes to take away truth that we know about ourselves. And it wants to take away that truth and replace it with hopeless lies that God doesn't have good plans for us. But the reality is that He does. So we have to be able to battle rejection. So if you are finding your place in a season of singleness or, or a just a healing from a heartbreak or a breakup, I would say use this time to invest in yourself. Reconnect with your inner child um, and start doing things maybe that you forgot that you really love. What was it that you loved as a child to do? Maybe that was crafting or creating or maybe that was being outside. Maybe you haven't done that for a while. Go back to the things that you could connect to being that really love that your soul loved when you were a child. We we get rid of these things as we grow older. Think about the things in which 
or the ways in which that you can really connect with God? How do you really feel his presence? Start making space and time for this. Uh, now, part of this process and the singleness process and dealing with kind of feeling rejection or heartbreak, you need to find a place to cultivate holy ambition. So what I mean by this is, think about it. Jesus was single for 33 years of his life, and all 33 years, he did some pretty flippin' amazing things with his time. So in my mind, when we're single, we have two different options. We can either be sad for ourselves and just feel really lonely, or we can be thankful that God has protected us from relationships that aren't his best, and we can instead use the time that we have to do amazing things and stay in hope, live in hope. Because friends, being alone and being lonely are two different things. Being alone is actually an amazing thing and it's actually a gift. And some of the gifts you have in the season of being alone are gifts such as freedom and time. Those gifts you won't necessarily get back the exact same way when you're married. And trust me, freedom and time, the freedom to just go get coffee whenever you want or the time to sleep eight hours in one night if you want to is a gift. You will not exactly have that time when you have a family and when you're married. So take those, seize them as gifts. Being lonely is a different thing. Um, Being lonely because you're single is a different thing. And we want to clear away from some of that loneliness and instead be a power that we are alone and that God wants to use us in this time. So that is what I would say to that question, Sarah. And I hope that was encouraging that use this time to cultivate holy ambition and connect with God and really figure out who he says that you are. Um, Yeah. And we did an an amazing episode on singleness with my dear friend, Stephanie Mae Wilson, earlier last year in 2018. So I definitely encourage you to go take a listen to that episode as well. All right, you guys, we are going to wrap up our episode here soon, but there's a few final questions. And this one is from Savannah. Now we're jumping into the kind of boundaries talk. And Savannah asks, when do I bring up boundaries in my decision to stay celibate until marriage? And actually another listener asked something similar is how do we talk about boundaries and who brings it up? So my immediate thoughts on boundaries and specifically physical boundaries, right, are to bring it up in the beginning. This is a value that you hold. You want to remain celibate until marriage. You don't want to have sex until marriage. So this is a very strong value and you want to be on the same page about that with the other person. This doesn't mean that both of you have to have perfectly clear sexual paths. It just means you have to be on the same page about what you're desiring for your future. So if the person doesn't hold that value and if they do want to have sex before marriage right now in the relationship, then it might not be the best person for you because you're not really sharing in those same values. But you want to bring this up sooner rather than later. You don't want to wait too long and then like start liking them and find out that, oh, well, they don't hold that as the same value because that's going to be way more of a bummer. Uh, Now, in terms of who brings it up, I think – Honestly, either party can start the conversation. I think it is wisest if the man leads the conversation after it is brought up, but I think both the man or the woman can bring it up. Um, I will also say that if you are a woman listening, don't just bring it up to your man and expect him to have a perfectly mapped out plan uh, as if he was prepared for the conversation. Sometimes us ladies do that. We bring up things and we're like, okay, now give me your exact thoughts on all of this. And the man's like, wait, I need some time to think and process this. And we kind of set them them up for failure. So if you bring it up, allow them some time and space to think about it and come back to you. Um, Sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot and we can't do this. We want the man to take charge, but instead we bring 
bring it up and then we try to force what we want on them and come up with an entire plan. And it's actually a beautiful thing to live in the feminine creation that you are and allow the man to live in his masculine creation and allow him to come up with some sort of a plan on his own. So you don't want him to feel defeated before he's even begun, ladies. So allow him to come up with some sort of a plan and give him some space and time to kind of come to you with that. So either person, in my opinion, can bring it up, but I would allow the guy to more so lead and guide some of that conversation. The most important thing in this conversation about boundaries, friends, is to be real about your struggles. If you struggle in the area of physical boundaries, it's okay. Just be real about it. Tell the person. If you're being real with yourself, you might need to set stricter boundaries because of your past or because of your some of your higher temptations. And that's perfectly fine. I am in that boat with you. Uh, I'm going to be real. Like I have to set stricter boundaries for myself because this is an area that is really difficult for me and that I've fallen in a lot in the past. So it's perfectly fine to admit that you need stricter boundaries. You just got to be real about it. Don't pretend that you're like this all-star performer when in all past relationships you've crossed past boundaries or you know, like don't do that. Set yourself up for success and be realistic about it. Honesty is so essential when it comes to boundaries. So I really want to encourage you guys in that. All right, friends. So We have so many other questions, but that is really all we have time for today or else this is going to be a two-hour episode, okay? So I hope like, how do you feel like we did? I hope you like it. I don't know why I'm being self-conscious. No, I I think this went well. I I think it went well. I hope you feel it went well. Now, the very last thing I just decided I'm going to throw in here um, is that now people are asking me, you know, I asked at the end of every episode, uh... What is your final nugget of dating advice? I ask every person I interview that. And so I'm going to answer that for y'all today because some people have been asking me, well, Kate, what is your final nugget of dating advice? So today in this entire conversation, in the ask us anything context, I'm going to answer, what is your final nugget of dating advice? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I would honestly say be committed to learn and grow above all else. Commitment to growth will serve you and it will also serve the other person. Have a desire to leave the person better than you found them. When you're committed to learning and growing, all you're going to do, friends, is sharpen the tools in your toolbox. You're going to become a much better version of yourself if that is what you're going into dating trying to do. Conversely, if you are trying to find a perfect little square peg for your perfect square hole and you're not willing to budge and you're not willing to grow that much, you're going to have a really hard time. You're going to feel very defeated and you're going to really actually make other people feel very defeated. Um, There's no like perfect everything in relationship or relationships do require work and they require you to have a teachable heart and spirit, being committed to learn and to grow above all else. I promise you it will serve you so well in relationship if you come into it with that mindset and you leave your arms wide open, you keep your hands open to say, God, how do you want to, what do you want to show me through this right now? This is a little uncomfortable. What am I supposed to do? Show me what things I might be missing. Show me how to best care for this other person. Help me to have boundaries as well and not be codependent, but show me God things that you want me to work on so that I could become more like you. That is my final nugget of dating advice. Now to wrap this episode up, just remember that, um, 
this is just my advice and this has just been my direction and my opinion. It is not the end-all be-all way to do dating. Uh, I still recommend reading and other books and listening to past episodes on here, praying continually, seeking wise counsel, um, being in the word, doing all of those different things. There's not one hard, fast, set way to do dating, but I hope and pray that you did find this episode useful and fun and encouraging. And I hope I didn't totally botch it. I have no idea. I'm about to go back and listen to it. And uh, there's probably a lot of ums and so's and blah, 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 blahs. But y'all, this has been so much fun. Thank you for spending an hour of your time listening to me and my heart on the subject. It is my absolute pleasure and such a joy. And I'm just grateful each and every time you want to listen. So until next time, friends. Friends, oh my gosh, thank you so much for tuning in for this awesome Ask Us Anything episode. I just want to encourage you to continue to interact with us on Instagram. You can follow us at, at Heart of Dating. We love when you write into us. We love when you share different topics that you want us to cover or different guest ideas. So please continue to do that and continue to share and post on social media. It helps us so much to get discovered. So we love building our Instagram tribe. So definitely go over and check us out on Instagram at, at Heart of Dating. Also, for anyone interested in relationship coaching, you can sign up on heartofdating.com forward slash coaching, and you can have the chance to actually have one-on-one relationship coaching with me where we actually walk you through having a very clear mission and vision for your dating life. I still have a few spots left for that, so if you're interested, definitely go and sign up, and we will do a 15-minute free consultation, just you and I, so it's so much fun, and I love it, so I can't wait to see you all there. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heart of dating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.